Hello. I don't suppose we can keep this episode under five minutes today. I'm Bartleby Nehigh, and you know what, Artemis? This week is a segment of My Blue Foot, so yeah, I think we can keep our part relatively under five minutes. Relatively? What is a minute, really? A minute is precisely 60 seconds. We're the Kinetic Paranormal Society, a pair of socks in a magic wardrobe traveling through time and space, investigating the supernatural. So let's keep it under 300 seconds tops. You're listening to Metacosmos. All right, Bartleby, you have 270 seconds left if we're counting the introduction. Oh, then let's not count the introduction. 265. Okay, look, if we're counting the introduction, then we have to subtract every time you say how many seconds are left. Okay, fine, but let's keep it short and sweet. You say we're going to be listening to My Blue Foot today? Indeed we are. We're going to be listening to Karma Chameleon. The Boy George song? Are we allowed to do that, just take the day off and play a song? We should do that more often. No, Karma Chameleon is the name of the segment of My Blue Foot today. But let's not talk about that. We should be marinating the episode. Do we really have to now? Yeah, we do. We need something to chat about before the show begins. We could always talk about how many seconds we have left. Oh, good point. And we still have to do the closing credits. Yes, that's 120 seconds. Yeah, maybe we should just skip right into the uh, segment. Indeed we should. Yeah, okay. So, with no further ado, we have a special segment of My Blue Foot with Isaac Bluefoot. And today we're going to learn a super awesome equation about what is karma and how you can apply that equation to your life. Wait, you're going to break up the 300 seconds? Hold on now, are you expecting me to stick around until the credits close? Oh yeah, you said 300 seconds. So, yeah. So with no further ado, My Blue Foot and Karma Chameleon. I'm Isaac Bluefoot, and this is My Blue Foot. Let's talk about the chameleon in the room. Like the elephant in the room, the chameleon is something we probably should talk about, but either don't want to, or don't know how to. Unlike the elephant in the room, the chameleon in the room is more subtle and not as obvious. With its ability to camouflage, you may have never even noticed it was in the room at all. The chameleon I'm talking about, of course, is the karma chameleon. A brief note before we begin. For the next several minutes, I'm going to be using the term East to refer to Asian philosophy and the term West to refer to the Euro-colonial worldview. I myself find the terms East and West terribly confusing, especially after having grown up in California. In California, the entire proverbial West is to the East, and conversely, the proverbial East is all to the West. It seems so far to the West here in California that sometimes it's almost in the East, Perhaps this nearly Eastern-Western perspective is a part of why I cringe when I hear Westerners flippantly use the term karma. The most basic definition of karma describes it as that which causes our experiences and determines our outcomes. The concept has been used in the East for thousands of years, and even though the true Tao can't be spoken, I feel the term karma is a rather useful one, when used responsibly. Having said that, I want to be clear. I don't believe in good, bad, or instant karma, and find these descriptions to be detrimental, if anything. Western culture has a kind of propensity for retribution. Maybe it's all the Babylonian heritage of eyes for eyes and teeth for teeth. 
but it's a rather two-dimensional take on karma when it's limited to degrees of good and bad. In the West, karma is often reduced to some omnipotent judge doling out punishment and rewards based on how well we follow the golden rule. I am somewhat saddened to hear people repeating memes that seem to miss the point of spiritual mindfulness altogether. They describe karma like a law and expect justice to be administered. Some of my least favorite of these memes include Dear Karma, I have a list of people you missed. Or Don't waste your time on revenge. Those who hurt you will eventually face their own karma. Or I hope karma slaps you in the face before I do. These aren't even the worst uses of the term karma. They're just the ones I could find that excluded profanity. Yet even without direct curse words, it's a sad state where wishing and hoping for the suffering of others supersedes self-awareness, self-development, and self-love. Worse yet, by this rationale, it's implied that as surely as the bad people of the world are receiving punishment, the good, righteous people of this world are the ones who live the most comfortable and rich lives. This logic also assumes that when we ourselves are suffering, it's because we simply have bad karma and deserve to suffer. This seems to be the kind of mindset that led the ancient Hindus into creating their discriminative caste system. So perhaps it's not a uniquely Western trait to interpret karma so trivially as just good and bad on a grayscale. I don't think any of this good and bad karma business is actually serving a single soul to live a better life than any other punitive deity. And as for instant karma, Well, for all my admiration of John Lennon, I see the effects of instant karma as being less caused by the forces of karma and more by fairies. How I see it, fairies work for trickster, ensuring the funniest of possible outcomes occur. They are attracted to contradictions in words and thoughts and deeds and find the fastest way possible to the punchline. So when you see someone acting rudely and promptly finding themselves literally or proverbially smacked by the universe, it is not so much because of karma as it's because it's funny. Frankly, I've noticed that my ego is always at play in my consciousness just before I take a big fall, and fairies are ever attracted to the billowing of an inflated ego. But fairies are another story. What we're talking about is a chameleon. And chameleons can hide very well. So for now, I'm going to simply try to offer you a means of understanding this chameleon. With some agreed-upon vernacular, we can speak about it and come to some kind of mutual understanding of what karma is. To do so, I believe it is best to understand karma as an equation. The karma equation goes as follows. As I've already mentioned, the most basic definition of karma is that which causes our experiences. It is the causation. Our lives are the effect. Karma equals experience. The second part of the equation is that our experiences determine our perspective of the world. Whenever I share this statement, I'm always a little surprised by how easily it's agreed upon. It's some kind of tenant of this age we live in. To understand that the world anyone is brought up in makes a significant impression on who they become. It's easy to understand that anyone born and raised in Beverly Hills sees the world very differently than those born and raised in East Oakland. People can relate to the experiences they know. Experience equals perception. 
And so, if karma equals experience, and experience equals perception, then I propose that we remove the middle factor and say that karma equals perception. What each of us see and do not see of the world says more about what we are capable of seeing with our karma than what is actually in the world or not in the world. Whatever it is you think I'm saying right now as you listen to this is not necessarily what I'm saying. You can only hear as much of this concept as your karma will allow you to. Karma is like some kind of color lens filter, but it does far more than distort our color spectrum. Karma distorts the shape and mass of consequences as well. Karma takes the form of our expectations and holds us to them. It turns out the reason we couldn't see the elusive chameleon in the room is that there is no room. There isn't even an elephant. Both the room and the elephant were illusions of the chameleon all along. Rarely does perception allow us to see anything that doesn't agree with our previously established beliefs. It's easy to live uncountable lifetimes experiencing the same sets of joys and woes. So easy that we find ourselves lumping karma into goods and bads and falling deeper into the illusion. Yet hopefully, with this equation, we can begin to understand the mechanism by which perception is limited. And with a little bit of effort, we can each expand our own perception. Expand your perception, and you expand your karma. Expand your karma, and you maybe even have a chance to become a better human being. It's seriously worth a try. You can take at least a little control of this chameleon of a room by treating karma like a kind of yoga. And though I do mean this metaphorically, I also don't mean this metaphorically. Karma yoga is actually one of the three classical forms of yoga. It is a kind of yoga in itself, yet practicing karma yoga is not at all that different than practicing hatha yoga. Hatha yoga is the practice of stretching one's body by holding challenging poses. You're probably already familiar with it. In the West, it's usually just called yoga. Stretching your karma is like stretching your body. There are times in life when circumstances and relationships can cause emotional pain. I have no doubt you know what pain I'm talking about. There is no way to point it out, nowhere it resides in the body. Like a difficult stretch, these moments are made easier by realizing you are already doing it. Once you accept you are already doing the pose, you just relax yourself into it, breathing deeply into the stretch as you exhale. Let's begin a stretch together. First, accept that whatever life circumstances are causing your emotional pain are already underway. There you are. Just relax. Don't deny it. Next, have compassion for the relationships that are at the heart of your suffering. There you go. Find compassion for those people. I know you think some of them are jerks, but they all have backstories. Each of them were once a baby. Go ahead. Have compassion for them. Breathe into it. There you go. How do you feel? Are your proverbial joints feeling looser? Can you feel all that gratitude and forgiveness? Excellent. Try practicing these stretches whenever you suffer from emotional pain. By practicing compassion, I promise you can expand your perception and in turn, expand your karma. Hopefully, we can each learn to suffer less in our next lifetime, and maybe even a little less in this one. Ah. <sighs>
That was quite nice. Yeah, you should probably be doing that stretch a lot more often, Artemis. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying that, you know, you seem a bit tense sometimes in your metaphorical muscles. Well, I'm under a lot of duress. I'm expected to do a weekly podcast that I want nothing to do with. Whoa, hold that thought right there. We have precious seconds left. So, yeah, Metacosmos is produced in association with Humboldt Hot Air. HumboldtHotAir.org. Listen to the complete back catalog of Metacosmos wherever you enjoy podcasts. Oh, and, and be sure to rate the show. And listen to our other podcast, the Kinetic Paranormal Society podcast. Our true life adventures reenacted by a puppet troupe. You're not going to stop telling people about this, are you? Both of these shows are produced by Isaac Bluefoot. Isaac Bluefoot also produces Superman's Son of Bell, the unauthorized biography of Clark Kent. A super awesome, super wholesome story that like, you should totally listen to because it's so good. Also, you should check out Isaac's card deck, Omen Quest Cards. They're super cool, they're super beautiful, and like the games are really like emotionally satisfying. It's crazy cool. Did you really need me to stick around for all of this? Yeah, I need you for the emotional support. To support these projects and give Isaac Bluefoot just a little bit more than emotional support, go to patreon.com slash bluefoot, and for a couple bucks a month, you can know that you're contributing to this nonsense. I can't believe that's your sales pitch. You don't make it sound tempting. Of course I do. I make it sound super tempting. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I love you. And we went over 300 seconds. See, I knew it. That's because you wouldn't stop talking about seconds.